Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Older generations look at young people today and think they don't know what they're doing. But Pastor J.D. reminds us today that life changes with each generation. We don't do the things we did five years ago. With that constant change, we need to keep in mind the biggest picture that Jesus is still coming back soon. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on November 20th, 2022. This is the opportunity, and in fact, they told us that, if you think about it. When this whole thing started, according to their schedule, perfectly on time, they even told us that this presents a rare opportunity. This COVID crisis presents a rare opportunity that we would not have otherwise had. And it stems from a saying that we attribute to a number of people. I, I think the original source is actually unknown. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Really? Don't let it go to waste. You created the crisis. And then you control the reaction and the opposition. As Vladimir Lenin was quoted as saying, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it yourself. Brilliant. Evil, but brilliant. It's brilliantly evil. And then once you've created the crisis, and you've controlled the opposition, the reaction, then you usher in the final solution. (laughs) Effects at it. You get the point. Would you agree with what I just said? That the conspirators alive today, they have to do it now. They're not going to say, hey, you know, let's, uh, we've got, we accomplished quite a bit here. I mean, really, we had a pretty good week. Wouldn't you agree, guys? I mean, we got the, you know, especially on the heels of COP27, we crashed FTX, we shook up the crypto market, we introduced the uh, centralized bank digital currency, and, and then we got the guys there in Bali to sign this declaration that brings it all together with climate change and uh, cryptocurrency market, and now COVID-19 so-called vaccines to verify. You won't be able to do anything unless you are COVID compliant and climate compliant. Let me mention one more thing on this before we get back to how we began. When I say programmable, the digital currency can be shut off, restricted, with just a click of the mouse, so to speak. So you go to the store, it's it's no longer the balance you have, it's the credits you have. 
There's no, no such thing now as even currency. It's all a score. And it's all about your carbon credit score, your social credit score, and they will control and even turn off your ability to buy and sell, which they did, by the way, when they started this whole thing. Remember when you were restricted to only one package of toilet paper at Costco? And the militia came out if you tried to sneak in too. So we just used another card and went through a different aisle and got two. So just anyway, they restricted it. They restricted the quantity. That was just a test run. Get us conditioned now. Uh, The lockdown. Oh, this is okay. Real quick. Just can I? Real quick. Thursday night, Jeremiah 37, 38. Very fascinating. King Zedekiah, Judah. They're like relieved because the Chaldeans, the Babylonians who had besieged the city left. They went to take care of the Egyptians who Judah thought was coming to their rescue. And so they left and then all of a sudden now the people there in Judah, in Jerusalem, were able to move about freely. Even Jeremiah tried to leave, go to Anathoth to see this property he bought while in prison. He gets as far as the gate and they're like, you know, you're defecting, and then they end up throwing me in prison. And so, but the lockdown was lifted. The stay at home order has been lifted. The Chaldeans are gone. We're getting back to normal now. There's no more restrictions. There's no more lockdown order. There's no more mandates. I mean, hey, we can do what we want now. Thank you, Lord. Not so fast, Judah. Jeremiah has the unenviable position of prophesying Uh, don't get too comfortable with the lifted restrictions. And by the way, I I would venture to say, (laughs) you still have to be injected to enter the United States of America. You know that, right? Did you know that? Yeah, you do. If you're not a U.S. citizen and you want to travel into the U.S., you have to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Okay? So they can program it, and you go into the store, and you don't have a good enough or high enough carbon credit score because you ate steak last week, and they debited your score. They reduced your score accordingly, and you try to buy another steak, because that last one was really good, and it says declined, not a high enough score. They can shut it off like that. They control it. Centralized, controlled. (laughs) Well, this brings me full circle to how we began concerning the putting into practice the prophetic Word of God by way of its application. We've looked at much in the way of information, but the application of all this information is the solid rock foundation of our lives. So what is the application? How do we put this into practice? Answer, I want to start with 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. This is where I need for you to just be gracious to me and be patient with me. Peter is describing a 
scenario in which it is a foregone conclusion, the presupposition is that it's just a matter of time before everything will be destroyed. The global economy is going to be destroyed. Our way of lives will be destroyed. And so in light of that, the question is, uh, what kind of people ought you to be? Answer, you ought to live holy and godly lives. I'm just going to, I wrote it down this morning actually, and I think I'd be safer if I didn't try to go too far off on this. Let me just read you my notes here. This is no time to be playing around in the playground. We are at war, fighting the good fight of faith in the battleground. We're fighting for our lives and the eternal lives of people. This is no time to... That that world doesn't exist anymore. Everything's going to be destroyed. What is your response? Are you still living your life like it was 2018 or even 2019? That world doesn't exist anymore. You're living in an alternative. I'm, I'm doing the very thing I said I wouldn't do. We're at war. This is a spiritual war. Romans 13, beginning in verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Translated, put away the toys. Playtime's over. We're in wartime. This is wartime. This is no time to be playing around. This is time to get serious about the things of God. Put all that stuff aside. Here's the bottom line. Get to Jesus and or get back to Jesus as fast as you can, as close as you can, while there's still time. Little time, but there's still time. This is why we do the updates. This is why we end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses, very simple. It's that Jesus came and He died and He was buried and He rose again on the third day. And as Paul writes to the Thessalonians, He's coming back again one day. That's the good news, the gospel. What are the ABCs? Just a simple way, childlike explanation of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned, and that admitting that you're a sinner will drive you to the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 explains why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all broken His law. We're all lawbreakers. And that should drive us to the one who fulfilled the law in our stead. 
So what is the penalty for breaking the law and the transgression? Well, the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. That's the bad news. What's the good news? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but, good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. Very simply, very central, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. It's childlike simple. Well, today's But God testimony. Dear Pastor J.D., my sisters and I watch your prophecy updates, and we are so grateful to God for you and your faithful ministry. It's hard to find in these last days a pastor who truly has a heart for Jesus and has no interest in this broken and wicked world, and I don't. We wanted to write to you to let you know about an incident that happened to us a couple of weeks ago, which ties in with many of your updates. We live in Essex, England, And recently we went to the city of Cambridge for a meal to celebrate, as it was the birthday of one of our sisters. We had a wonderful meal together, praising God and leaving ABCs and Rapture, How to Be Born Again letters around here and there, both in the restaurant and also the local area around the restaurant, even managing to speak to a few people about Jesus and His imminent return. We felt the Lord was really blessing us, and we were full of His praises. As we walked around the local area near the restaurant, one of my sisters called out, Oh my goodness! We all looked to see what she had seen, and across the street from us was a large building, very modern, with an imposing huge statue outside of what seemed to be a giant with a large coiled cone hat on, Nimrod the mighty hunter, holding an elephant elevated upside down by its trunk. The building had above it the words, AstraZeneca in bold, large letters. Being curious and wanting to leave the ABCs and letters outside the building, we crossed the road and approached it, managing to leave the gospel for anyone who might sit on one of the benches outside the building. Noticing cameras watching us, we moved on down the road. The next building was an estate agent. Then after that, we were stopped in our tracks by another building which looked like a modern office with imposing glass windows, revealing a large lobby reception containing several large bronze statues. On the outside of this building were four elevated dancing creatures with human bodies and bird beak-like faces, which we recognize as being pagan idolatry. Inside the lobby were several pagan idolatry statues, but the one which sent shivers down our spines was an imposing huge statue. Bang! In the middle of the lobby. I just love how the English talk, yeah? Bang on, bang in the middle. Of a bull with an open mouth. Baal worship. As we walked around this building, there were so many statues representing pagan satanic symbolism. 
There were even demonic statues on the top of the building looking down on us. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. We felt a very uneasy presence and gathered together holding hands and prayed to the Most High God in the name of Jesus for protection. Being curious about whom this building represented, we searched it there and then, and no surprises, it was the main headquarter office of the aforementioned company, AstraZeneca. We were in no doubt as to who they have allegiances with after seeing their symbolisms. By the way, parenthetically, let me say, the Pfizer New York headquarters, all satanic. Anyway, it's all demonic, all the symbolism demonic. She goes on, we noticed a police car (laughs) come near and slow down watching us. Uh Uh-oh. So we decided to move on and headed back to our car to go home. We felt God had led us there to see this, but we all had a feeling that something might happen. It took us five minutes to get back to where we had parked the car and starting our journey home, leaving Cambridge. Our sister who was driving became disoriented. She had driven this route many times previously and took a wrong turn in the road. It was dark and there are many roundabouts in Cambridge, so she asked for us to help. Just as we were doing so, she came up to another roundabout, and although she intended to take a right turn for some unknown reason to her, she indicated signal left, and just as she did so, another car came out of nowhere at high speed, approximately 60 miles per hour, and smashed into the front driver's side of our car. The other vehicle bounced off after hitting us and spun around the road ahead twice before leaving the road, still at high speed, and smashed into several trees before becoming trapped. We heard the smash against our car, but God. Our bodies hardly moved, and our car did not move from its lane an inch, but came to a safe standstill. Our sister who was driving said she cannot remember stopping the car. It was as though our vehicle had a bubble around it and that we had been supernaturally protected. That's because you were. (laughs) We all got out of the car safe without even a scratch. Other vehicles seeing the accident stopped and couldn't believe we hadn't spun and lost control of our car from the impact of the high-speed hit we had received. It had been no more than 15 minutes since we stood outside the offices of AstraZeneca, but God. We have no doubt that God had sent His angels, Psalm 91, to protect us as there was no other explanation as to how our vehicle had not even moved an inch from the impact and we were all safe, not even a scratch. The front driver's side had been smashed and bent in, Had the impact been a few millimeters nearer to the driver's door, it would have been a different story. And had our sister turned right as she intended to, we would have had a complete disaster, as the oncoming vehicle would have taken us out completely. When the police arrived, we discovered that the driver of the other vehicle was three times over the drink drive limit, Thank the Lord for His mercy, as the driver was okay, as he was being taken away to spend the night in prison. We gave the police officer the ABCs to give to him. Oh, I love these guys. The devil tried to use him to hurt us, but God, 
We wanted to tell you what happened to us and that you are completely correct in that these companies are in league with the devil's agenda and do not hide it. Maybe God wanted us to see it so that you can let everyone know. On a lighter note, we get together as a home church once a week for Bible study and also watch your prophecy updates every Sunday. Yeah, here's a photo showing us together wearing our But God t-shirts, yeah? <laughs> How cool is this? Uh, one of the sisters had made them for the group. Hope you like them. I like them a lot. Please continue to give the truth and to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. I have, I don't have permission to stop, <laughs> as He is truly with us and for us and is coming one day very, very soon. Lots of love, your sisters in Christ, Gabriella, Michelle, Sarah, and Lamia. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for your patience. I, I know today was... Uh, quite a bit, but man, what a week. And um, I just pray again by way of application, putting into practice the words of Christ, building our lives on the rock-solid foundation of Christ, that we'll take the things that we've seen here today and allow the Holy Spirit unfettered access to our hearts to begin that process. And it is a process where we start viewing everything in our lives through the lens of the nearness of the rapture of the church, because that should change the complexion of everything we do, all of the investments we make, all of the time that we take. Everything should be funneled through that lens and viewed through that lens. I pray that we'll take this to heart and take heed to God's Word. Father in heaven, I, I pray that we would be numbered amongst those of whom it is said, they're doers, not merely hearers of your prophetic Word, the more sure word of Bible prophecy. Lord, that's the purpose of it, right? To show us ahead of time what the world's going to look like at the end of time, so that we'll be readied and steadied for when that trumpet sounds. And not just for us, but that it would create such an urgency within us to get as many people as we can to you, Jesus, while there's still time. Because that's the only thing that's going to matter in the end. None of this matters at all in light of eternity. The only thing that matters is you, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that, yes, it's, it's exciting, maybe a little bit terrifying, but in a, in a sanctified way. But thank you, Lord, for telling us what the world's going to look like, because it's that way now, exactly as you said it would be. And so we're looking up, Lord, and we're lifting up our heads, because we know with a certainty that that trumpet's going to sound, and you're going to come, and you're going to take us out of that prophetic corner that the world is being painted into even now. Thank you for that, Jesus. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. 
There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.